This edition of Radio Stone Update is sponsored by Quantra, manufacturers of quartz surfaces made with up-to-the-minute Italian technology in yet another brand-new state-of-the-art factory. Learn more at www.quantra.in. Hi there, this is Emerson Swartzkopf, editor of Stone Update magazine, and we're here on the show floor at Coverings 2022 in Las Vegas for a special edition of Radio Stone Update. Normally we do a review of the latest news in the world of hard surfaces, but today we'll be talking to Arpi Nalbandian, who's been a keen observer of the tile trade for more years than we both really want to count. She's the leading force of tileometry, and that's something we'll get to in a little bit and also a regular columnist in Stone Update magazine. Welcome to the show, Arby. Thank you, Emerson. How are you? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. And how are you after I'm the I'm doing show? well. Thank you. You know, both of us have seen plenty of these coverings. I know you last attended the show in 2019 in Orlando. Yes. Now you're coming back to you. What strikes you as being different this time than previous shows? Uh, are you talking about the products? Just the, anything. Oh, well, the ambiance, the environment, the products for sure, um, with the textures and the more increase of uh, awareness of wellness in design and in health. Um, more people are aware of the benefits of tile, the sustainability of it, the hygienic qualities of it. So mm -hmm. this is a perfect show to showcase all those qualities. Where have you seen that kind of exemplified, uh, the, the kind of things where we're seeing more of the wellness? What products have you seen that really are, are putting that to the fore? The products that I've seen are, are more, it adds to like the zen appeal of the product where it, it's not too busy. It's a very calm color, like neutral earth tones, um, ocean colors, you know, like blues and greens. Uh, also, like a sand, like the textured sand, mm. um, where it just reminds you of you're at the ocean and you're just breathing and you're, you're meditating and it just brings us calm. Your heart rate goes down, mm -hmm. basically, and, and that's the whole thing for the wellness and health. Mm. It, everything adds to that, everything. And I think we're becoming more aware of it, especially with the pandemic that we all experienced. Um, we've become more attuned with what our bodies need. Any particular product that really stood out that when you saw it, you're going, wow, that's something people should be looking at a little bit more. Because it's only the first day and there's only so much you can see on the first day, but right now, <laughs> um, Milestone really has stood out. They have these huge plank, not planks, sorry, panels. Um, where they, it, you can, it looks amazing, actually. It's a bookmarked, panel um, and it's porcelain and sustainable and hygienic like I said earlier so again you're looking at it and you, and it, you can just immediately feel at, at ease at, there's this calmness that comes over you hmm. and you have to remind yourself that oh my gosh this is porcelain not stone Yeah. and again I could see that in a spa environment or a yoga studio anything that brings that serenity any others? Well, biophilia is huge, and yeah. biophilia also adds to the wellness aspect. And I haven't quite made it over there yet, but I will be there tomorrow. 
to um, the West Side Pavilion where we have Tile of Spain mm-hmm. and Ceramics of Italy. And the European side has a better understanding of the biophilia and it projects it more. Um, it, I guess it's more popular in the European countries than it is here, but slowly it's coming here. Yeah. And it's being more adapted and understood and how it can be integrated into the general architecture and design of any facility or structure, and it's part of the plan. Yeah, if somebody would come up, and I know there are listeners that will say that, say, I, I keep hearing this term, biophilia, uh, but kind of give us a little more simple explanation of that. What, what does that mean to somebody when you say it's a biophilic product? So biophilia is more like biomimicry, where you're mimicking nature. So when you're looking at something that represents biophilia, it could be natural stones, like a gate that we're looking at right in front of the podcast studio, and um, leaves, greenery, jungles, you know, something that just brings you to a different environment Mm -hmm. where you don't think like you're sitting in a room, in a cold room, because it adds the warmth and the calm, as I said. What do you see out there, general themes, uh, colors, for example? Are there any kind of particular colors uh, that you're seeing incorporated, whether it just be solids or whether it be, you know, just even parts of veining or whatever? So the colors, okay, there, there's a huge spectrum. You, you have the really dark, dark, like the negro colors, the, mm-hmm. and then you have these amazing glazes that handmade tiles have used and there's the puddling and it's just amazing so there's not one tile that is similar to the other Mm -hmm. which is the case with handmade tile Um, and just the the concentration the vividness of these tiles I mean I'm more prone to blues and greens I love those colors Mm -hmm. Um, but those are easily integratable to any design one of the big differences I've seen, as opposed to what we've had in the past, there is a lot of large format. You're talking five foot by ten foot slabs and being featured in booths. Are they kind of taking over or kind of really kind of pushing some of the other things that you see in tile to the side as far as the show at this point? I don't think they're taking over. I think they're adding an, um, another element of the design, another choice. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, anyone that handles those size panels, like Portobello America, has the 48 by 110 panels. You need someone that is truly certified to handle those panels. It just can't be anybody, and there's a reason for that, because it's a very intrinsic product with its own needs, Mm -hmm. Um, not only in manufacturing, where they have their own kilns just to handle those panels, but even all the way to the packaging and the delivery and the installation. Um, But yeah, 48 by 110 is huge, and it's not only for walls. Imagine you want it for your countertop. Mm-hmm. Easily, no problem. Waterfall countertops, no problem. Bookmarks in your showers that those two panels, when they're put together, it just it makes a stunning vision. And again, health, wellness, you know, you're in the shower, you want to relax, and you're looking at this beautiful product and the image that it's creating, and you're drifting off, and you're, it's a good place to be in. 
There are some things that are made in the United States, but a lot of the design, uh, frankly, the ownership of companies, they're all from somewhere else. It's being driven from different countries. And maybe in past years, it was the kind of thing of, okay, here's what we're doing and this is what you can have. Do you think that's kind of changing, especially after the pandemic, that there is more of maybe looking at these products and saying, we really want to respond more to what you want as a customer versus us saying, this is a design that we think you should have, or we think this is the great thing? I think it's a combination of both. They're going to answer the needs of what their clients want, but also they're going to suggest things that you might need. Um, it, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And with, with many companies, obviously they want to meet their customers' needs. Um, but the problem can be getting it over here if yeah. it's not manufactured within the States. And even within the States, it's been a problem lately with, you know, as you know, the gas prices or weather. Um, things can be a problem and they're heavy. Mm-hmm. These products are heavy that we're representing. Um, but it makes it here. It might be a little delayed, but it's okay as long as you can wait for it. So I, I, my suggestion would be to either, whether it's custom or it's something that's in stock or for quick ship, plan ahead with anything. Plan ahead and be patient because it's, it's not in their hands most of the time. This edition of Radio Stone Update is sponsored by Quantra, manufacturers of the world's toughest, most beautiful quartz surfaces made with up-to-the-minute Italian technology in yet another brand-new state-of-the-art factory. Quantra's quartz surfaces come in over 80 stunning designs in three sizes with every customization possible. Choice of thickness, cut-edge profiles, Polished, super-honed, brushed and other finishes from slabs to cut-to-size countertops and all the way to prefabs. You name it, Quantra does it. And now, Quantra launches the world's first range of seamless, one-piece molded quartz sinks and basins made with Quantra's own exclusive proprietary technology, unique in all the world. Speed, quality, commitment, that's Quantra. To know more about the world of Quantra, come visit www.quantra.in. Let's step back from products for a moment. Let's talk a little bit more about, well, you actually. Uh, Some listeners will be very familiar with your name and others Frankly, with this podcast, title is something they're catching up to in the market. Uh, and they may not be as familiar. Give us kind of the quick rundown without going through the full resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what you've done in the industry. Where did you kind of get into the tile industry? So I started in the industry in 1995, trade publications. It was called Specialist with Howard Olansky as my editor. Um, who I learned a great deal from. Tough, but tough love. Uh, I loved the industry. I loved going to the trade shows. I loved learning about these new products. However, my favorite was always tile, Mm -hmm. only because 
maybe because I was born in Turkey, so I, my family, my, you know, anyone near me, we always had like marble and stone around us. Mm -hmm. So we were well aware of the benefits already. Um, so I was really just drawn to tile and that grew. And shortly thereafter, I became editor of Tile magazine. After that, I decided to go on my own because I enjoyed it thoroughly and I wanted to explore things on my own. So I started Tileometry. So I've been in the business since 1995, almost 30 years. And every day I learn something new. I love meeting the people of our industry. They're down to earth, just like the products. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. What about tileometry? Yeah, give me a little more feeling about that. What are, what are you trying to do with that? So tileometry started 12 years ago. Again, completely tile-centric. Um, it's geared towards the design and architectural um, audience. Mm. And these are the people that specify the products. These are the folks, the professionals that need to put in the texture that they need or the color that's going to complete the design. And they need to be aware of not only that's what's available, but how to use it, its benefits, and how you can adapt it, basically, to your client's needs. And I think that's so important with that flexibility that it provides. So I saw the need for it. There's no ads that I accept because I don't want to be tied down to only, yeah, I don't want to do that. So it's all me, and I do it with pleasure, and I do it 24-7, and with a smile on my face. And again, I love the people of this industry. One of the things with this kind of a presentation is, you know, often we get to the thing where it's like I'm interviewing you and almost getting the fifth degree. <laughs> yeah. And maybe we should turn the tables a bit on that. Yes, uh, we should. Why don't you kind of, if you've got some questions for me about the show or anything else, go right ahead. I do. First of all, what do you see different if anything, in this show, what stands out to you in the stone aspect of the show? We see more things that look like stone. And it's not just that they look like stone. In other words, it's not that they just are kind of a facsimile, that they actually are almost a replacement for that. Hmm. And we're seeing that some with the quartz products, and we're seeing that much greater with the tile products. Uh, we're seeing things to where not only they can look like a very nice piece of marble or something, but they also, when you cut into them and you can shape them and they will look like that, it won't just be a picture on a piece of tile like it kind of has been in the past because right. that's the technology that was available. That is growing exponentially, and that is something I'm seeing at the show quite a bit. These large panels like we have in the tile industry, the large format panels. Mm -hmm. Is bigger better for natural stone? That's where you kind of get into an interesting bit as far as uh, the replacement or as an alternative. Uh, when you get into those bigger slabs, 
then it becomes a problem for people who've been in the tile industry where, you know, if you say, well, what's a large format tile? Well, 24 by 24. Or if one person can't pick it up, it's not even a tile in large format. Right. This is different because you're now getting into the realm of people in the natural stone industry who are very used to dealing with heavy product, to dealing with things that are ungainly, and they're equipped to do those kind of things. And they're finding that this is a product that they can use, and it's not necessarily a substitute for natural stone, but it works a lot better in certain areas. For mm -hmm. instance, what you were talking about, say, with shower. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, you can make a marble shower, and it's almost like you should, you know, when you put in the shower that you have the person who you did this for sign a little waiver saying that you won't get mad at me ever again uh, because of the fact that you know that there's going to be problems. That takes care of a lot because that stuff isn't there. And you can seal it up, plus you don't have to go through a large rigmarole that you would do in installing natural stone in some places. I mean, this is something in the tile industry, they think nothing of, okay, we can back butter something or we can put some mastic down and it's done. That's not what you do with natural stone and that's not what you do with quartz. So essentially for them in a lot of areas where you would need something to go up against a wall or something that would be, say, uh, gravity challenged in a way, it's mm -hmm. sloping mm -hmm. or it's this is great stuff. And of course they're going to do something like that. And they'll love that kind of thing. And they're hungry for that kind of information as to how to do that. And I think if you go around and if you see some of these uh, large tile companies, you will see more people that you wouldn't have seen in the past. You will see stone guys uh, looking at this because they want to have this uh, material and they really want to have it as part of their repertoire. So if the stone companies get into making tile, would they have to have a different manufacturing facility with the presses and the glazing and the firing and all that, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So that's a huge expense. Oh, of course, for anybody to actually put in a plant. Now, with quartz, for example, you do have one major problem in manufacturing in the United States, and that is the use of quartz sand. Mm -hmm. Where do you get it? And where do you get it in a quality? You do that. And you know, frankly, for virtually every manufacturer in the United States, save one, uh, they do not use quartz from North America. So where do you get it from? Turkey. Really? Yes. Uh, and the, for, the, for the main Did for not the main know part. that. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you have that kind of transportation and, and whatnot. Whereas with tile, uh, pretty much what you need for tile, you can, you know, you just can't dig it out of the earth anywhere, but it's readily available. Right. right. And the other thing with a number of these large companies, yes, it's very expensive, but if you have a large enough market here and you can put the factory here, you have cut in a entire segment of, of, of basically the, the transportation yeah. and everything. It's a common thing in the stone industry that when you look at a piece of natural stone here that then's finally cut and it's put in someone's uh, kitchen or someone's bathroom, that the base cost of that product, 60% of it, is probably in diesel fuel. 
just to get it out of the ground to get Blue it processed ships, and get yeah. it sh- shipped here and then shipped from the wherever it comes into the port to where the city is and then eventually to the shop and everything else. So, you know, that's something that Tile has an amazing advantage with. Wonderful. How long have you been in this industry, Emerson? I've known you for years. Yes, um, I've been in it since mm, 2002. My, wow. fir- my first show was Coverings 2002. That was the show where, because we didn't know what shows we needed to cover, we came to Orlando, went here for three days, then flew to Spain, went to another show for two days, came back here, uh, stayed for a night, and then flew back home to California. Insane, insane. For about uh, nine years, I was editor of Stone Business Magazine, and that unfortunately was a victim of the recession. It happens. And uh, after that, that's when I started with Stone Update and building that and then doing in the last couple years Hard Surface Report, which is a report of all of the different uh, imports that come in, whether they are porcelain or quartz or whatever. And then uh, with the pandemic and we were kind of stuck inside, (laughs) uh, that's when we started our own podcast, this podcast, simply because gee, we, you know, we needed to do something and we weren't going anywhere. So, well, why don't we just start doing this now? And where, where would we tune in to listen to that podcast? How uh, would we find it? Uh, you would find it uh, wherever your popular podcasts are offered. Um, literally, uh, you can go to Apple, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to Google Podcasts, and you can find it there. You can also has its own website of RadioStoneUpdate.com. And there you can also find a transcript of every one of these. And you're just that thrilled that you want to go through back uh, recordings. We have all of those, too. That's good to know. You go to Verona every year, correct? Or um, most every year? I used to. Now you've kind of picked back up on that, yeah. So when you go to Verona, you're, are you allowed to um, visit the quarries? Um, you can if you want to. Generally, with uh, with those quarries, frankly, a lot of the stone that comes from Italy isn't originating there. It's a processing area. Uh, it's become much more of that. Marble is probably the one thing that you still have in Carrara. That, okay. That, that's that's a, well, and yes, Carrara and, marble. Yeah. And, and yes, you do have that. Uh, you do have that for granted. You know, most of the things that's done in Italy are processing, which is essentially seeing these large blocks come in and then cut up with these gigantic saws, uh, which are just scary to see. To I be can only honest. imagine. Uh, and uh, then that's polished in the slabs, you know, shaped, and then it's sent off to uh, wherever in the world. Uh, but you know, you you do that. And with Verona, we're seeing. Uh, it's a little different. The pandemic really took its toll. Last year, we had a problem because uh, three of the main natural stone processing areas, or if you will, and also suppliers in the world are China, mm. Brazil, mm-hmm. and India. Mm-hmm. China wasn't lending anyone in or out. Right. And the Italians actually just said, no, you cannot come if you are from Brazil or India, along with several other countries. Mm -hmm. And that really took its toll on the show. Uh, That will not happen again this year. Right. Which is good. Yeah. Thankfully. Are you going to be going back to Italy? Does your side I hope any so. Point? I loved when I went to Bologna to see Sursai. Um, it's amazing to me, even with Spain, same thing at Valencia, 
um, when you look at these products, you're just mesmerized and you're wondering, why are these not here? Because the demand, unfortunately, is not here. Mm -hmm. And I feel the more that architects and designers, which both ceramics of Italy and tile of Spain, they um, bring on for tours of the shows. So when they see what's out there in the European countries, they're fascinated as well. And they're, they wonder the same thing. Why aren't we specifying this? Because you're not exposed to it. You're not, it's not readily available. You know? So you can't specify what you don't see. So in, in a way, slowly, things are being integrated, um, especially with like the textures, mm -hmm. um, uh, more like floral motifs, um, not so much as a mosaic, but it's, it's um, inkjet press yeah. that puts on those motifs. So it, 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 it's not as, I hate to use this word, it's not garish as it sounds. It's very subtle. Mm -hmm. And you, you can only use it to embellish something. It doesn't have to be the whole wall of floral motif. You could obviously have the field tile around it. So anyway, I mean, the, the more that you know, the more that you can do with the knowledge. And again, you have to educate the consumer, no matter what industry you're in. Educate the consumer, and that's what we're all here to do because of the way they structured the shows last year, I was able to spend a couple days at Surside. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that a number of the things that they really emphasized at that show, you are seeing here. Uh, some of the major players have brought some of those things, especially with things such as Onyx. Yes. Onyx-type products. Yes. Uh, you're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing also not only in tile, but you're also seeing with quartz uh, a move away from just, okay, we're just going to replicate a marble to where there are different things that they do with the colors, with saturation, oh, yes. with uh, some things to essentially make them a little warmer, mm -hmm. uh, that they're not just stark white. And that, I think, is something that is, you know, that it is adds probably, to the appeal. That, that, that's, and that's probably something that we're going to see more and more of just because of the fact that people are just going to say, well, you know, you, uh, you know, I've seen you know, all this stuff with calicatas right. and stuff. I don't, what could be different? This can be different, yeah. but it's not radically different. And it also goes into that contemporary calming theme that you were talking about. Right. And we're seeing much more of that. And I've seen that you know, even with some of the people with quartz uh, that do come here as manufacturers. I've seen much more of that from their products uh, mm -hmm. the day that I've been here. Yeah, I mean, it's only day one, and I'm just, again, overwhelmed with how much is here and how much I have left to see. Um, but hopefully I can take care of that by tomorrow. Of course, I can't hit every booth just like you can't either, but we try our best, and we need roller skates sometimes, but we, we do our best, right? Yes, we do, and I think we have probably walked ourselves uh, pretty much at the, at the end of the day. This is the end of the day here, first day, Yes. and I think we've almost talked ourselves out of uh, things here, but I do want to thank you for coming and uh, doing you, this. Thank you, Emerson, for uh, having me. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, you know, there may be some time, maybe not at a show, that we'll just do this again for some fun. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Emerson. Thanks a lot, Anne. Thanks a lot for listening to this special edition of Radio Stone Update.
This edition of Radio Stone Update has been sponsored by Quantra. Manufacturers of quartz surfaces made with up-to-the-minute Italian technology and yet another brand-new state-of-the-art factory. Learn more at www.quantra.in.